Uh, this morning, we do have the privilege of having Nate and Cheryl with us uh, to come, and there'll be a luncheon after church uh, downstairs. If you didn't sign up for lunch, you're still invited to come. You just can't eat um, because we had reservations. You can go somewhere, grab a quick bite, and come. We'd love to have you. Everybody's invited, but you did need to make reservations for lunch. So let's welcome Cheryl as she comes to speak. Bart just said I had a lot of notes. <laughs> so get comfortable. We might be here for a little while. <laughs> it's so good to be with you. You can talk. It's okay. I live in Ethiopia, so people are pretty noisy in church there. <laughs> so I will feel weird if you don't say anything back. <laughs> so today is actually Ethiopian Easter. I know, and you may remember this for those of you who have heard us talk before, Ethiopia is on a completely different calendar. This is the year 2013, and it's Easter Sunday there, so (laughs) it's it's very easy to be confused. And for lunch today, many Ethiopians are eating raw meat, so I cannot tell you how glad I am to be here (laughs) to eat tzatzikis. we're just, it, we've been here about a week. We have four more weeks. We'll be here for five weeks on this trip. We, are, we had to cut it short a little bit because there's an election happening in Ethiopia on June 5th, and uh, there's a potential for some danger and violence, so we're trying to get back to be safe um, so we're not traveling during that time, and we're back in our house. So um, our trip's a little shorter than we wanted, but uh, we're still happy to be here. Um, some of you know this, but a few years ago, it's been well, it's more than a few years now, I started having some trouble hearing. And I, like, I would try to talk to my friend on the phone, and I couldn't hear very well, and I would have to switch to my other ear. And I ended up going to the doctor, and after getting no help for a while, uh, my husband, the gynecologist, sent me to get an MRI. And when the results came back, it said I had this thing called an acoustic neuroma, which is a benign tumor in my brain. Um, and so I had treatment for it. And the result of that treatment was that I lost all of my hearing in my left ear. So um, you can imagine that's a little bit challenging in daily life. Those of you who have hearing impairments can understand, especially as an educator where I'm you know, teaching a class, and I ask a question, and then my student is talking, but I have no, no idea which student it is, and that I, once I figure it out, I can't always understand what they're saying, um, and that's made even more difficult in a, in a culture where I don't speak the language very fluently, or at all um, fluently. So anyway, it's, it's a little bit of a challenge, um, but the funny thing is that on more than one occasion, uh, I've heard things that weren't said. I've heard uh, 
and that can be funny sometimes. Um, and I, I won't go into all those stories. But one recent story was uh, Nate and I, we were out running one day. And he was telling me about this friend of ours here in America who had been posting about uh, someone he had run with. And it, he said, oh, he has all these funny stories about running with the foreigner. And I said, oh, well, where's he from? And he said, I don't know, Jefferson County? And I was like, no, but, but where's he from originally? And he's like, I, I don't know. And then after a minute of this, uh, Nate finally realized what was going on. And he said, not a foreigner, a coroner. <laughs> so... <laughs> I could entertain you for a while with these kind of stories. But, you know, um, it's a funny thing, but the possibility of something bad happening is there, right, when you can't always hear what's going on. And I've, I've made up a lot of fake stories as a result of what I, things I've thought I heard. And um, this, as this series has been highlighting, there's a lot of fake news in the world, isn't there? And it's not just in my mishearing, but there's fake news everywhere. And um, we believe a lot of things that aren't true. And so this series, um, all the people who have been sharing, they've been talking about things that we believe are in the Bible that aren't. And so I'm just continuing on with that series. Bart gave me a choice. And so I chose God helps those who help themselves. So how many of you have heard that phrase? Probably, maybe everybody, hopefully. And, and how many of you thought that was in the Bible? Nope. You don't have to answer. <laughs> Let me just tell you, it's not in the Bible. <laughs> but I know I've heard that since I was a kid. And so I want to just spend a little bit of time talking through that, what, is, what really is the truth. So uh, as any good teacher does, I did a little research, and I, um, I wanted to find out what's the origin of this. And it turns out it pretty, goes pretty far back. So it was a saying of the Greeks, and they said, the gods help them who help themselves. And how many of you know Aesop's fables? Have you heard? Okay. So it, one of Aesop's fables is about this. And a man in a chariot was riding along, and he uh, got stuck in the mud. And so he prayed that God, the gods would help him. And then Hercules came down and told him to put his shoulder to the, to the wheel. And um, so the idea was that then that Hercules said... Um, the gods help those who help themselves. So the, um, then after that, it kept going even more. So in the 1600s, there was a political theorist who um, used the fr first used the actual phrase, God helps those who help themselves. And then in the, 16, or in the 1736, anybody maybe could guess, Benjamin Franklin used it in the Poor Richard's Almanac. So long history, isn't it, of that? And then in 1859, a man wrote the very first self-help book. And his name was Samuel Smiles. And he said he used this idea of self-empowerment and this idea that uh, we can help ourselves. We should help ourselves. And that book was a bestseller. It outsold Darwin's uh, The Origin of the Species that year. So it was pretty popular, this idea. So it's really no wonder that uh, the idea that God helps those who help themselves is in our heads. 
because it's been perpetuated for a very long time. And George Barna, you may be familiar with him, he's a researcher, he found that 82% of the general population thought that phrase was in the Bible. And lest you think you're better because you're a Christian, 68% uh, of people who proclaimed to be Christians thought that the phrase was in the Bible. So we can see that uh, a lot of people, especially in Western culture, really operate by this principle, don't we? God helps those who help themselves. We go out there and we get it started, and then maybe God will come along with us. And today, the self-help industry is a $10 billion industry, and you can get books and podcasts and anything you want to help you help yourself. And we think then maybe God will kick it in a little bit to help us. And there's so much danger <laughs> in this way of thinking. And it's so contrary, really, to the word of God. Um, it implies that um, God really wants us to take care of most things, doesn't it? It implies that we're the ones who are really in control. And then just maybe God can help us a little bit. But we've got it. We're the ones who can take care of everything. And it's true that God does want us to work at everything with all our heart as working for him and not for men. And it's true he wants us to put forth effort. I mean, he's not going to write my sermon for me. He's not going to do work for me that I need to do. But he's going to empower me to do what he calls me to do. Um, and, and we don't want to be lazy. The Bible's full of scripture that talks about, you know, if you don't work, you won't eat. Um, but that's not really the idea behind this. The idea is that uh, we need to rely on him as our help. And in, um, God desires to help us. He desires to help us. And he wants us to depend on him rather than ourselves. And I've had that in this week we've been here, we've had lots of lunches and dinners already. I feel my... Skirt's getting tight already. Um, but I, I've been really struck by how hard this past year has been for everyone. And it, it's been hard for us, too, in different ways. But so many people have just been in a pit. Um, uh, and I think it may, there may be something to this idea we have in our head that God's going to help those who help themselves. And, and we, we haven't been able to muster it up to help ourselves so God's not helping us. I don't know. I think there's, some, there's something going on um, collectively where we, we need to break out of this mindset that we can help ourselves. So what, is, what does the truth say? What does the scripture say? I want to focus on Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. If you want to turn there, but it's going to be on the screen, this fancy new screen. <laughs> All right, Ephesians 2, and you, I think you're, a lot of you are familiar with it, but it says, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So I have three thoughts that kind of spring out of this. This is not expository pre preaching, but it's just some thoughts that I think come out of this passage related to this idea. Um, and the first thing I want to say, it is that it is God's nature to help and to give. It is his nature to help and to give. 
Um, God is the one who gives the gifts. That Ephesians 2 is very clear. God is the gift giver. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. So we receive everything good from him. And he helps us when we ask him. Uh, Nate and I had a situation not long after we moved to Ethiopia where we were traveling from one city to another city. And uh, as we went along, we, we were in a van uh, with a driver we did not know. And as we went along, we saw a man with a spear. And he was carrying the spear. And then we saw another man with a spear. And then another man with a spear. And there were dozens of men with spears. And then Nate said, I think something's going on. <laughs> and there was something going on. There was a lot of violence in that area. And our van got stopped. And we were surrounded by men with spears. And I'm pretty, I think that was the scare, most scared I've ever been in my life. Because I had no idea what to do. I couldn't do anything. And so, of course, I cried out for God to help me, to help us. And um, he did, along with some money that let us pass. <laughs> but um, it's easy in those kind of really crazy, scary situations, isn't it, to trust God, to ask for him to help us. It's in the daily that we don't always remember to do that. And I know I'm guilty of that. I've been trying to pay attention more to this in my everyday life of like, how much am I really asking God to help? And so that's really what I'm encouraging you about today. But it is in his nature to help and to give. Um, and we can see this really in the Trinity, that all the parts of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all help us in different ways. So God the Father, is our, he is our helper and shield uh, in Psalm 33. And we say, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. So this is the, in the word helper in these verses is the Hebrew word azer, if I'm pronouncing that wrong, sorry. Um, and this word is used 20 times in the Old Testament uh, to describe God and his engagement with human beings. Um, interestingly, this is also the word that's found in Genesis 2, 18, to describe the woman as the helper. Uh, I won't go into that, but it's just a very interesting thing. And this, is, this word implies something very different than what we think of as a helper. Um, it means that, or I guess when we think of a helper, we think of an assistant, right? Someone who, who kind of does the stuff we don't want to do. Um, assistant, and that's not what this means at all. Uh, it's not. It's not Mama's little helper. <laughs> it's not a small H helper. It's a big H helper. This is the large H helper. God is our helper. Uh, an example from this, I, I think about Moses and how when he's you know going to lead the people out, he go. He does not want to go to Pharaoh and ask them to be let to to let them go, but God helps him by sending some plagues, and God helps him by allowing them to go. And then they 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 have the pillar uh, of fire and the, the pillar right. So they're they're being protected by God, being led by God. He is helping them. And then when they get to the Red Sea and the army is pursuing them, God helps them. Right? 
pushing back the water. And if you think about, there's hundreds of thousands of people crossing this sea in one night. Like, how far did God push that back? Pretty far for them all to get across at one time. Uh, so he, incredible help. Big H help God is giving to them. And then he put the water back over, killed all those guys off, and no problem, right? <laughs> no, not exactly. They wandered around. And God, what did God do? He helped them. He provided them with manna. He provided them with water. He provided them with everything that they needed. Um, God the Father was their help in time of need. God um, offers us that kind of practical help. I mean, sometimes we need the sea to part, don't we? And sometimes we, we don't need that much help, but he's there as our helper. He will rescue us, uphold us, deliver us. He's our shield. He gives us mercy, grace. He protects us. He loves us. He sustains us, and he gives us rest. We just have to ask God the Father to do these things for us. And then God the Son. The ultimate, um, the ultimate helper, Jesus, came, gave his life for us, didn't he? To save us from our sins. You can read the passage. Um, and also, he intercedes for us. I mean, he saved us, our souls, and then he's, he lives to make intercession for us. In Hebrews 4, 25, Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. So Jesus is our helper, the ultimate helper. And then, if that wasn't enough, God the Spirit. God the Spirit is our helper. It says in uh, John 14, very clearly, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all the, same, all the things I said to you. And the word helper here is the word paraclete, which is really an advocate or the counselor or the helper. And the Holy Spirit is the one who brings conviction of sin, but also comforts us in our weakness and comforts us and guides us and we can hear, his, hear the Spirit speaking to us to direct us in our lives. So we, ha we have the Trinity to help us. The big H, helpers, to help us. Wow, it's really overwhelming when you think about that we have a God of that magnitude on our side who wants to help us. And the, you know, the thing is that the, um, the Trinity, they're, they're not going to push their way in on us. <laughs> God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, are, they're gentle. They're not going to force their help on us. If we want to stay away from the help of God, we can do that. But if we want it, they're available. And here are some... Um, Things that we all need help. Um, we all need help. Want to say it with me? We all need help. I need help. You need help. 
Anybody not need help? You can go ahead and go now. <laughs> we, we need help. And we need to say that. We need to admit that. We need help. We cannot do it on our own. And we were created to be dependent on him. It's, you know, it says, For grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Put that up there, sorry. Um, have you ever watched a kid um, try to do something that they really couldn't do? We live on a, a compound, and so we have a bunch of kids age 2 to 10. And I, I sit in my home office sometimes, and I'll watch them outside playing and trying to do stuff. And I know they can't do it, but if somebody goes to try to help them, what do they say? I do it myself. I do it myself, right? And that's us so many times. I do it myself. Uh, Spurgeon said this, the quote's up there, I, you may have already seen it. If heaven were by merit, it would never be heaven to me. For if it were, if, if I were in it, I should say, I am surely here by mistake. I am sure this is not my place. I have no claim to it. But if it be by grace and not of works, then we may walk into heaven with boldness. So I don't want it to be my works or me helping myself because it's cheap. <laughs> the grace that God offers is costly, and it's ultimate, the ultimate help is for, for us through Jesus. So God's help is for, and I've kind of got three ideas here. God's help is for our salvation. Um, we are saved by grace, this passage says, and we have to admit that we're sinners and that we can't do it on our own. We cannot achieve salvation on our own. It's that's very clear as you read the scripture. We are separated from God, ultimately separated from God. And it's only by his grace that we accept that grace and we can come into relationship with him. So we, we, we have to have his help to, have to spend eternity with him. But it's also for sanctification, and that's a big word that just really means to continue making us into his image. So his help is for that. You know, I don't have to make myself better. I don't have to read all those self-help books. Save yourself some money, <laughs> right? I don't have to because I have the helper, the big age helper to help me to, with my process of sanctification. Uh, Paul said... You know, you know, Paul, he's pretty honest, and he said, For I know the good, uh, that good itself does not dwell in me, that is my sinful nature. For I have a desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Anybody relate? Yeah, okay. Uh, and then, but then he goes on. Uh, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So Paul, Paul was pretty impressive, really, and he needed the help for his sanctification process to rescue from him from what the wretched man that he was. And then for sustenance or to sustain us, to provide what we need really to thrive 
to provide what we need to flourish in our lives. He, we need help with that. Um, it's in Romans um, 8, 26, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. The Trinity is helping us with, to help us to flourish. Um, I live in a place, we live in a place where um, a lot of people have a lot of problems and they really can't help themselves. They really can't. They're, this phrase would make no sense to them a lot of, for a lot of the people. And yet, interestingly enough, um, sometimes people are hesitant to receive, receive help. So there's a, when we walk outside of our hospital, as soon as we walk out, people are yelling at us. And they're yelling, China, China, China. Because all foreigners are called Chinese. <laughs> so, yeah, I know it was a little confusing at first to me, but I've gotten used to it. And then they also yell, money, 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 money. And it's usually little children. They're taught at two years old little kids, to run after us and yell, money, 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 money. And um, you know, we, we've kind of wrestled through what do we do, and we, kind of, we have a policy. We don't give money. We might give some food at times. But um, it, this just really bothered me because it was the same kids. It was the same moms and babies and more babies and more babies. That In the time we've been there, you know, we've seen the babies be, grow up. And ask for money. And I kept thinking, why doesn't someone do something about this? They don't have to live on the street. There's a church right there, right by where they sit. And so I started asking around about this. And I was told that people have tried to help. They've tried to go and say, we'll help you get skills. We'll help you get a job. And they've been told, no, we, we want to do this ourselves. We want to stay here and just beg for money. We don't want to do that other thing. And it seems hard to believe, but a lot of times that's the way we are. We, we just want to do it ourselves. We don't, want, we don't really want the kind of help that would make a sustained change in our lives. We want to just kind of piece it together. It's heartbreaking, I have to say. I pray, I pray that, that somehow their hearts get, get changed, but... The God of the universe wants to help us in every aspect of our lives. He wants to save us, to sanctify us. He wants to be our sustainer. And we have to receive that. We have to recognize we need it, and we have to receive it. And then the third thing is that um, God wants us to help and serve others. So we are the little H helpers. God's the big H helper, and we're the little H helpers. I really want you to get this, get this stuck in your head so you can't forget it, okay? But we're the little H. We're not the big H. I'm not the big H for anyone. No one. I'm not the big H. I'm the little H. And he wants me to be the little H helper. He really does. Um, we we are his, God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. He has things for us to accomplish, doesn't he? And for every one of you, if you're sitting here thinking, I don't know what God wants me to do, I promise he wants you to do something. 
He wants you to be a helper for others. That's how, is, how it works in the kingdom. Um, so as I was saying, we, we constantly get asked for money, and, and the needs are really endless um, where we are. And I, I rely on God a lot to, to tell me what to do because um, I, can't, I know I can't say yes to everything. I can't buy everyone a pair of shoes or everyone a computer or build them a house. Or uh, I mean, we've been asked for all kind of things since we've been there. So I really have to ask the Lord what do you want us to do? And he's given us some parameters on how to do that, how to, what to give to. But um, there, a few months ago, um, I went with, um, with a group to a rural clinic. And at that clinic, there was a young woman there. And let's see if I can, I think I skipped ahead a little bit here, but I'll show you a picture. Um, this young gal, She's about 15. She looks pregnant, doesn't she? She's not pregnant. Um, she had TB, and she also had diabetes that was undiagnosed. And she, she literally looked like she was going to die when we were there. And so we, we were praying, and the Lord told us to bring her back to the hospital. And we took her back to the hospital, and she was with her mom, who also didn't look very healthy either. And when they came to the hospital in the van we had been driving in, they had literally nothing with them, they, the clothes on their bodies. And the hospital will cover their costs for their, the girl's treatment, but the mom was staying there, and she had nothing, not, no money for food, not even any way to contact people to say, I went to the hospital. Um, no, just nothing. And... God just laid them on my heart to be ones that I would help to go and get some blankets for the mom to be able to sleep or get a change of clothes for them or to provide some funds for different things. But I can't, and here's a picture of them right before they were going to leave. She was doing much better. Um, I have to hear from him about how to help. You know, I think one of the... Uh, repercussions that I've observed in our world about this mindset of God helps them who help themselves is that we think everybody else should help themselves. Not only me, I should help myself, but I think other people, you know, they, everybody should just do their part, pick themselves up by their bootstraps and take care of their own business. I think a lot of people have that mindset. Just don't, I'm not going to get involved in that. They need to take care of their own stuff. And this is not biblical. <laughs> this is not the Jesus way. Mona, can you go back um, to the Hebrews 13? And do not forget to do good and to share with others for such sacrifices God is pleased. People are struggling. Like I said, people are hurting. People around the world, and people right here. People need you to show them the love of Jesus, to care for their needs, to provide help. And God wants you to do that, that he has equipped you for those works of service. Uh, I think we, we, me, us, have to open our eyes, get over that keep into myself thing. And say, who, who needs my help? 
today. God, direct me. Give me what I need to help them. Because he wants us to be the little H helper. He really does. Matthew 25, this is one of my, just a really powerful passage. I've, I've actually preached on this here before. But they will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? And he will reply, truly I tell you, when, whatever you did not do to one of the least of these, you did not do for me. The least of these is us. We're all of us sitting in this room. We're the least of these, the people that we meet, the people who are really struggling, and the ones who look like they have it all together, they're still struggling. We're all, we're all struggling. And we all need someone to come alongside us and be a help for us, to pray for us, to love us, to care for us. Um, especially the ones who act like they don't need help. They're the ones who often need it the most. And God has called us to that. He has called us to, to be those little H helpers. So, it's in his nature. Craig, band, can you come back up here? <laughs> it's, uh, it's in God's nature to help. The big H helper. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I need help. We need help. Ask him. We need to ask him to help us. I just want, I really want to, in my own life, be reminded of this. Stop trying to do it yourself. Stop trying to do it yourself. Ask God to help in every aspect. And then he has created us. We are his workmanship. He has created us in advance for, for good works. We can be his helper. And he's, he will equip us. We don't need to be afraid. He will help us to help others. He really will. All right. I'm going to, I want to pray for us. Um, I just want to ask you to take a minute to ask God to show you whatever he wants you to see. Where you might have, might be trying to do it on your own or not be trusting him or maybe He'll put someone in your mind that he wants you to help. So, Lord, um, we thank you. I give you praise and glory and honor that you are our helper. Lord, so many times we get it confused. <laughs> we think we're the big H helper. And then we'll just get some little bit of help from you. But... We are desperate in many different ways, in many different parts of our lives. We need your help. Lord, show us where we're relying on ourselves. Show us where we've bought this lie that God helps those who help themselves.
want to be your helpers. Lord, give us eyes to see. Direct us. Lord, we can't meet all the needs, but there's certainly some that you have ordained for us. I pray you bring someone to mind right now. you're doing in all of us. Lord, I thank you for this congregation and this wonderful people who support us and pray for us and bless us. And they help us. They help us by those things. They're your instruments. And I pray a blessing back on them for all the ways that they do that for us. Lord, and I pray that you would just give each person here whatever they need. Thank you, Lord. Pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you, Cheryl. Aren't you blessed? Aren't you blessed? Thanks for responding. You know, Nate and Cheryl were a part of Fullness, or are, have been a part of Fullness for 22 years. Uh, they joined us when we first moved into this building. Cheryl was on staff for almost 15 years. So for those of you who don't know Nate Cheryl very well, maybe you've come in the last couple of years and haven't met them. Uh, they were, they're, they're not just people who went to Ethiopia, they're a part of us. Uh, where they go, we go. Um, they're a part of this family and our philosophy of missions has been when someone from fullness like Noah and Lydia or Nate Cheryl go, we go as well. Uh, so you don't know it, but you've been to Ethiopia and uh, Mississippi as well. So thanks, Cheryl. And again, if you'd like to stay and hear a little bit more about God's work, specifically about what they're doing in Ethiopia, and you can come down and join us right after church. We're going to make a quick move downstairs uh, to have lunch together and to hear from them. We give not because it's a duty or an obligation, but because it's an act of worship. It's a declaration that our trust is in him. This is, this is not something 